Let's begin now. baby let's get after this tonight friday night in kansas city baby god i love fridays there's not a better day of the week than friday you can have your monday through thursday you can have your wednesday you can have every day you want i'll just take friday feel good friday how you feeling 913-586-7610 maybe you had a great day of week maybe you had a great week of work maybe you had a good friday start off a little shysty Ended up being a little beautiful, if you ask me. Werewolf Friday After Hours Edition. Uh, Jay Beakley at 615. It's myself, Dusty Likens, JT with you tonight. JT, how are you uh, on this wonderful Friday evening? Man, doing good, doing good. Uh, Red Friday, man. Feeling good. Got Broncos this weekend. That's right. Also, some college football. Luckily for me, I don't have to worry about a thing. Mizzou's on a bye. Okay. Get to chill a little bit. Mm. Watch some good old, we like to call it the largest tailgate Alcoholic beverage, whatever you want to call it, out yeah. there in Jacksonville, Florida versus Georgia, going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, it. Uh, you know, good, good Saturday packing. You know, if you're uh, if you're in a Mizzou fan, you have no stress. Uh, you just want Georgia to win. We'll get into reasons why a little bit later on, around seven thirty. We'll talk a little college football. Um, we'll get Jay Binkley's opinion on a popular question that could arise next uh, weekend. Uh, I hope things fall into place for it. Also, we'll dive into. Uh, this whole trap game theory, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-trap game. I don't believe in it. Um, I've never been superstitious, not even just a little stitious, uh, no stitious. Uh, in fact, when I was a kid and I walked out the baseball field, I dragged my foot across that line just to see an umpire look at me the way that they would. Like, why would you mess up that line? Because all these other kids keep hopping over it. And the only reason they're doing it is because they've seen pros do it. So that's why I'm doing it, you know? Um, but yeah, we'll get into the richer of the week at six forty-five. I was, I was going to do uh, a story on this guy who decided to take mushrooms before taking off in flight, a pilot, and then damn near killed 83 people. Uh, it turns out he has like men- mental issues. So I didn't want to like, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I don't know. I don't know what his problems are. I just know that he uh, took some mushrooms, decided to take a flight, uh, as a pilot and then tried to cut all power to it. But we do a different one. Uh, where this guy definitely deserves uh, the richer of the week. Plus, we'll get into the out-of-left-field question uh, later on tonight around 8 o'clock, like we do every single night. But you are listening to After Hours. It is a Friday night, 913-586-7610. Happy Friday. Happy end of the week. Hope you have a great weekend upcoming. Uh, For all you uh, families out there that are big Mizzou fans, you know, you do your family stuff this weekend, you know? You get to... You get to you get to go get some cider, you know, go to a, a patch of pumpkins. I don't know how those things work. I don't have kids, but I, they look fun. Dustman, it's gummy season, and the fruits are ripe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, we're still, I mean, JT, maybe you call me crazy, but tonight for me is uh, it's a Merlot type of night. That red wine, it makes your... Um, it makes your blood a little bit warmer. Uh, probably going to buy two bottles after work, and we'll see where it goes. I know we'll get at least one down. I don't know if we'll get two down, maybe one and a half. Probably a bottle of Merlot and a bottle of Pinot Noir. 
That's how we're going to do it tonight, pinky in the air, praise God. Yeah, I'm not a wine guy, so I stay away from the wine. I don't know. Uh, it's just it doesn't sit right with the stomach. Mm. Somebody says garbage few weeks, but past few days have been a beauty. There you go. See, look, half full, baby, half full, 913 from the 816. And for that, you probably were not the best baseball player. Yeah, but I was good. I hit I hit second in the lineup, and I played second. I knew how to turn a double play. I could flip that wrist. I just didn't play in high school because it was political, and I still blame Brad, Brad Mayfield to this day. And maybe that's just me, but that's just that's how I feel. I feel like I could have played baseball. It just my dad didn't mow the lawn. Anyways, uh, last time the Chiefs lost in Denver, 2014, Denver's quarterback Peyton Manning, he'd go 17 to 34, 179, two touchdowns. Alex Smith, Chiefs quarterback, he was 15 to 23, 153, two touchdowns, one interception. Jamal Charles had 10 carries for 35 yards. C.J. Anderson. Uh, you remember that guy? He had 32 carries for 168 yards. Travis Kelsey had three receptions for 36 yards and only targeted three times. Um, Jason Avant, you remember him? Remember that guy? He had two catches for 30 yards. Jamal Charles, four for 24. Anthony Pisano, uh, he had one catch for 20 yards. Donnie Avery, these names are hilarious. One for 20. Dwayne Bow, two for 18. DeAnthony Thomas, two catches for five yards. On the other side, you had Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, RIP, C.J. Anderson, Wes Welker, Virgil Green, Jacob Tammy. All those guys played on that side of the offense for the Denver Broncos. Justin Houston, Sean Smith, Tamba Ali, all those players. That was your Chiefs roster the last time they lost in Denver. They would lose that game 29-16. to Um and they would move to seven and five. Denver would be nine and three. And that, my loyal listeners, would be the last time that the Denver Broncos would have beaten Kansas City in their own house. 2014, it's almost been a decade. I know there's a lot of you out there that are like, yeah, it's been a while. No, it's been a long while. It's been a really long while since the Chiefs have lost in Denver. Ten years is a lot of time. We'll call it nine and a half. Nine and a half years is a long time to go without winning against another team. And I will tell you right now, I don't think that there is any, that there is any way that they lose this Sunday. And I know last week I was really confident. I don't think the Chargers were going to win. I didn't think the Chargers had a chance. I had the Chiefs covering whatever that score was, five and a half, five or six, take it, take the Chiefs, take them. And right now, they go into this game minus seven. They're a seven-point favorite, right? One by 11 the last time, 19 to eight. Really, they were up 16 to nothing the entire game. Russell Wilson couldn't do anything, and Patrick Mahomes would continue his win streak against Denver, which would turn into 12. 12. 12 wins in a row. Are you so confident that you'll go mad dog on this and say you'll retire? No, because he didn't retire. Uh, he, yeah, you're right. Okay. He didn't retire. He said he was retiring from the radio. I haven't heard him on the radio, so I don't know. Yeah, probably because his schedule is all TV this week. And no, then he went true. on the radio for like a quick segment. <laughs> Plus, I don't have the clout to retire. If I retire, people are like, who retired? Who are you talking about again? <laughs> Some guy that works for 6 o'clock at night. Um, but Mahomes, 12-0 versus Denver, which is such poetic justice because the last time – or the first time Patrick Mahomes ever started in the NFL was in Denver against Denver 
Not only that, but he had the lead. They lost the lead. And then Patrick Mahomes had to come back and get the lead again and drive the team down for a field goal to win the game. It's like career foreshadowing all in that game. But it's more than just his record, right? 12-0, and 0, he averages a 66.8 completion percentage. Not only that, he's got a career total of 3,265 yards. He averages 272 against Denver. He's just, he, he, when a guy has your number, a guy has your number. And when things are completely opposite as the other side, like they are in this game, where it's Mahomes versus Wilson and Andy Reid versus um, Sean Payton, you have to look at the numbers. Andy Reid again, 43 and 13 now against the AFC West. 43 and 13. That number alone is disgusting. Russell Wilson, 0-3 versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And oh, by the way, in case you were wondering, we have some weather issues in Denver. Starting tomorrow night, their uh, weather forecast guy that I've kind of been following this week because he came up with the, with the situation that he thought could actually happen and is actually going to happen. Uh, he says, one, plan on a very nasty night of weather tomorrow. This was an hour ago, so Saturday night. Don't drive if you don't have to. Prep for downed trees and power line shaker trees tomorrow night. Said he looks like anywhere from four to ten inches of snow all throughout the afternoon and evening through Saturday night, which means Sunday, going to be cold. Going to be snow on the field and could still be some lingering flurries and snow showers drifting from the mountains where the storm is being created into the game on Sunday. And as we all know, Patrick Mahomes can play in the snow. We know he can sling it. We know they can be ready. And some guys are a little bit more dangerous when they play in inclement weather. Patrick Mahomes happens to be one of those guys. Tom Brady was one of those guys. Peyton Manning was not one of those guys. I don't know what Russell Wilson's like in the snow, but I do know that they have this sort of, well, they have this sort of mentality. This is Mark Shalareth. You know him, right? Always hates the Chiefs, never liked the Chiefs, always played against the Chiefs because he played for Denver, always had rude opinions about the Chiefs. This is Mark Shalareth's belief about Russell Wilson after this season. I would be shocked if Russell Wilson makes it past this year, if wow. he's the quarterback of the Denver Broncos next year. I, I would be shocked. And it's not that Russell Wilson is playing terrible football. I mean, Thursday night notwithstanding, he was bad Thursday night. But it's not that he's playing terrible football, but he's not playing winning football, and he's not elevating the players around him. And so from that standpoint, I think it's time to clean house and it's time to, you know, get new players. Here's my here's my point that I talk about on my radio show and on my podcast, Paul Colin, is all right. So it was Vance Joseph and it was Vance Joseph's coordinators. It was, uh, you know, it was uh, Bill Musgrave and, and Mike McCoy. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't. It was uh, Vic Fangio and it's his offensive coordinators. It was uh, Rich Scangarello and it was, uh, you know, uh, um, Pat Shermer. Oh wait, no, that's not it. It was Nathaniel Hackett and and the and the clown show they brought in. That was the problem. Uh, oh no, wait, no. Now it's Sean Payton. It's he's the problem. At some point, don't you have to point to the players and say our players aren't good enough? We don't have good enough players. We don't have guys that are professional. And I say this all the time: just because you play a pro sport doesn't make you a professional. And the bottom line is they don't have enough professional football players on their roster. So at some point it's time to move off those players and get different players. A lot of money owed to Russell Wilson. A lot of time still to be determined whether he can do it or not, but it do see a lot of agreement. 
there with Mark Shalareth. Coming up on the other side, we're joined by Jay Binkley as he joins us on a werewolf edition of After Hours. It's Friday night, waxing gibbous. You know all the things. Cool, crisp air, red wine flowing. Let's get into Jay Binkley on their side. JT, Dusty Like, it's a 610 Sports Radio. Let's fast forward to 300 awkward blind dates later. If she's got blue eyes, I will surmise that she'll probably date her. You dream of my mouth before. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, you're listening to After Hours. Snow, snow, snow. Expecting almost a foot out where I'm at from the 913. Somebody says, uh, NBA bets tonight. No, I like kind of like the NBA going to get through a week before I start kind of diving into what I want to use uh, for NBA bets. Although tonight I probably would take Wimbenyama in a triple-double because I bet that's probably plus what? Like, see, Jokic was plus 145 the other night and actually hit it because, of course, Wimbenyama is probably like plus 350, plus 400. They play Houston. But, again, I want other people to, uh, I want other people to, you know, kind of develop, or I want the games to kind of get a weekend so I can kind of see where everybody's at uh, before I bet on that. Dusty, you're not going to tell me that you're going to get two bottles of wine and drink it by yourself without company. You have a sweet baby cakes for you. I do not, Casey Hunk. I do not. I will uh, assure you that on tonight's night will just be some red wine, you know, a little wolf's blood, and uh, we'll have some tunes on the patio. Uh, I got some albums I want to dive into, and we'll just enjoy the crispy air. Jay Binkley now joins us here on the air on After Hours. Mr. Binkley, how are you this evening? Some dust, man. Not much. You got man. a girlfriend you want to tell us about? No, 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 oh, no, no. Right. no. Nope. Is it no, text uh, uh, they just didn't believe me that I was going to drink wine on my patio tonight. Uh, so, oh, yeah, you always do. Yeah. You always do. What's, I mean, it's uh, Friday night. It's what you do. I get yeah. It's Friday night, man. We do we do three yeah. hours of this show, and then I go and yeah. have a a Long nice way. little toast adult time to my yeah. uh, to myself because I don't have anybody there with me. So it's not a sad thing. It's just that's how we that's how we well, dial it down and leave someone on Fridays. It's what I do, Dust Man in Northland. You know. Yeah, but you're Sitting not on that. now on the patio having a beer. You're not on that vino yet, Bink. I got to get you into the wine. Yeah, man. You know what? Everybody says that, but uh, you know, I, I will go to a winery and try it. I like to learn about things, so I, I like, like to learn big, about their. I feel process. like you're a big spitter, though. I feel like you swish it and spit it. You know, no, I don't. I just with you, just with the Copenhagen. Okay. Yeah. So I can't get you into like trying some different vinos. You could, you could, because like I said, I'll go to wineries. I like listen to the story. I like when these, mm-hmm. uh, these, uh, these guys that run this thing. It's like they're. They're baby man, and they like baby every step of the way, it's along a, with it from growing the grapes to mashing them. To I went to this place down in Arkansas that was a winery, but he ended up having a bunch of moonshine. Mm, you got to stay away from that white lightning. Oh man, it was delicious, dust man. They're making these things all. They, they, moonshine just tastes differently now. Yeah, when I was in More college, mainstream. when I was in college, this guy made his own moonshine, and he used uh, cherries. And I really? ate one of the cherries thinking it'd be fine, and the thing yeah. was completely loaded. It was uh, loaded with just grain alcohol, <laughs> and I had to go. Uh, I had to go finger my throat because I was. I didn't know what was going to happen. So he's like, "Yeah, I don't know why you did that." He's like, "I wouldn't. I wouldn't consume that." So I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, that's probably like a hundred and eighty proof cherry." So I went to the bathroom and just let that white lightning ride. You know, one of the most famous criminals ever out on Alcatraz Island that was known as the Birdman of Alcatraz, and he made uh, moonshine from bird poop. Mm. Yeah. They have a lot of choices out there, you know. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I think I just become yeah, sober. You got to do what you got to do, Dusty. Moonshine right. is fabulous. I love moonshine. Yeah. yeah, they've really changed it, man. It's like modern day now. They've just changed moon. Moonshine used to not be this good. I wonder how it got its name. 
Um, All right, so Chiefs going to Denver. They're minus seven. Russell Wilson's on thin ice. Sean Payton, the game, I still believe, has passed him by. I know they're coming off a win against Green Bay, but Beakley, how do you see this one playing out? Similar to the last one or similar to that Chargers game? No, I mean, I could see it more like the Chargers game than the last Broncos game. The last Broncos game, Chiefs didn't take care of opportunities. They had plenty of red zone chances. They moved the ball around, but they just didn't take care of it when they needed to. Um, I do think they need to sharpen things up. And this is their little last run they've had of playing the 32nd defense. They're playing the 31st-ranked defense. Now they're back to the number 32 defense with the Broncos since it's two out of three weeks against them. Um, but, hey, in a streak of 16 straight, the Broncos had won seven straight before that. There's been some wild finishes. Um, we, we've seen some last-minute kicks. We've seen some some crazy finishes. But uh, the Broncos, for some reason, find a way to sometimes play the Chiefs closer than we'd uh, we'd like to think, even though the Chiefs were double-digit uh, favorites and they covered as they've been covering in games, believe it or not. It's weird, but they have. And they did cover that Broncos game, even though they didn't play well. Right. And this to me seems like the, the make or break game. This is they're two and what the Broncos are what two and four, two and five. I think they're two and two and five. They're two and five. You lose this game. The division's gone. Obviously I think it already is. Um, You lose this game. You're two and six. The season now becomes like, is it a laughable season or can you somehow salvage the season and, and try to get to, you know, seven or eight wins. If not, I mean, what's next, man? I just played a clip of Mark Shalareth, who was on Colin Coward's show uh, the day before the, or I guess it was the week after they lost on Thursday night. So it was, I think it was like the next, either that Friday or the next Monday. And basically said that time's out. Like it, it, it's not coaching. It's not scheme uh, that, that players aren't players in Denver and the quarterback isn't amplifying or elevating anybody else's skill set because of the lack of, of, you know, pizzazz there is there with Russell Wilson. Again, I know you, man. I know you know all the numbers. I know he's paid a lot of money. I know he's a quarterback. But, man, if you're two years in a row with this and it ain't good, yeah. like, eventually you have to call a spade a spade. Yeah, and people start tuning it out. When, when the national, you know, when the NFL is, you know, basically saying it's a running joke, that whole thing with let's ride, uh, one of the worst PR campaigns, uh, that we've seen an NFL put out because everybody made fun of Let's Ride. He still gets made fun of Let's Ride uh, to this day. Hey, he has played better this year than last year, um, but still, they're, they're going to find a way. I mean, they've already crunched the numbers. There is a way uh, that doesn't hurt the Broncos as bad as we think it is moving away from them. Uh, still going to take some cap hits, but they just have to. I mean, people are starting to tune out of this franchise. Uh, they're not the uh, talked about thing in Denver right now. Everybody's talking about the Colorado Buffaloes football team, even though they're not playing good. But Dion carries more cachet with him in that town uh, than Sean Payton right now. Sean Payton was was seen as the savior because it was Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, finally, Denver needed two things, in my opinion, because I like the roster. They needed quarterback and coach. Now they they did a nice job. Okay, they're going out and got a quarterback and coach, but they got the wrong coach because they went Nathaniel Hackett and they brought in Russell Wilson and. It looked like that might be a good move for him at the time because Russell had been playing well. He'd been in 11 playoff games, been to two Super Bowls, should have won two, won one. But now neither one are working out. I do think Sean Payton um, can turn things around there in Denver as long as he stops talking. Uh, <laughs> but he, 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 I think he can turn things around, but they've got to go a different route with quarterback. This is way too proud of a franchise right. to start doing this. And this draft is plentiful, uh, has plentiful quarterbacks in it. This year, this is a year for teams to get things right. And I think there's a handful of teams that need to be shopping for quarterbacks, including Denver, including San Francisco. 
Yeah, you lose this game and you're Denver, you tank, right? You, you have to. And right now, I mean, their teams, you know, right now, you, the only scary thing about this team right now is people are playing for themselves because so many guys are on the trading block. Mm-hmm. So that whole team, that whole team concept, I think, has gone out the window, which is good if you look at it like that. Well, the Chiefs are playing a team that's disoriented because guys are just looking out for themselves. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get good, strong performances individually uh, from some of the Denver Broncos players because they're trying to showcase themselves. It's like we saw what Randy Gregory's been doing in San Francisco, the UCF Bronco. He's still got a lot left. We'll see about Frank Clark in Seattle what he has left. But Jerry Judy's going to be gone uh, from this team shortly. But what do these guys have? Because people are watching them. So I do expect individuals to kind of shine in this game, mm-hmm. but I think as a cohesive unit, they will struggle because you look around that locker room anywhere, and they could be uh, they're going to be big time. Uh, maybe more trades come from Denver than anywhere else. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I do want to get into college football because I'm, I heard your uh, Colorado line there. You know me and my and my Buffaloes. I've adopted right. them. Um, but one thing I want to bring up is is like what's more of an impressive number because you're. You, you like stats and you do a lot of statistical analysis with topics that you put together. Mahomes 16 and 0 on the road, Andy Reed um, being 43 and 13 versus the West, or the fact that Denver hasn't won at home against the chiefs since 2014. Binkley, that's almost a yeah. full decade. I'd, I'd like to know where yeah. you rank uh, those three numbers. And I know there's a bunch more out there, but again, 12 sure. and over versus Denver is Mahomes 43 and 13 versus the West. 2014, the last time they won in Denver. I don't, I don't know what's more impressive to you. I just think it's the uh, 16 and 0 on the road in the division. It is so hard. We hear all the time about how hard it is to win division games. People always say it. How will the Chiefs do if they ever had to play in the playoffs on the road? And I keep telling them, man, like, hey, the Chiefs are actually a good road team. They went on the feed in the road a couple of years ago. They're a good road team, and this, you know, this team travels, especially with this defense. Now, it travels. Andy Reid travels. Patrick Mahomes travels. Doesn't matter where you're playing this team in the CBS parking lot, Walgreens, the Moon, you name it. It doesn't matter where you're playing them. They're a good team. And Mahomes 29-3 against the division, as you mentioned, 12 and 0 against the Broncos. He's nine and one against the Raiders, eight and two against the Chargers. That is insanity. But the caveat is, like you said, he's not lost on the road. I think that's 16 and 0 on the road in the division is the number one stat that stands out to me. And number two, I would throw in the 40 straight games of either winning or not yeah. losing by more than four. Cause yeah. that, that's a huge one to me. Um, so it looks like we're going to get a little bit of weather in Denver. Do they go in tonight or would they, do they fly tomorrow? They typically fly tomorrow. I know th- I, I'm not sure what the weather is that I saw last night where, you know, they had like a 60% probability of seven mm-hmm. to 10 inches of snow and like two to six was kind of 60% probability, but um, tomorrow it looks like a little bit snowy, maybe early Sunday morning, but I don't think it's supposed to affect the game. But no, even do. if it does, the, yeah. the Chiefs love snow. So as I say, they they say it could be breezy and about twenty degrees of temperature with that wind coming out of the mountain range. Um, why do you Football think? Weather. Why do you think Mahomes is so is good in the snow? Because I mean, I remember you know watching snow games as a kid. Some guys were better than the others. Uh, because they just knew how to like stop and go in it. But, you know, we've all thrown a football that's wet or that's been, you know, soaked in water. It's it's hard. But for some reason, Mahomes seems to figure it out. I have no idea, man. Because yeah. <laughs> here's a kid from West Texas, you know. I mean, right. He, he didn't play in Golden High School, didn't play in college. He's just, I don't know, man. He's just, he's just a competitor. He's just a winner. He likes challenges. Um you know, Andy Reid's always talking about uh, we look forward to the challenge. I literally do think they like to be tested a little bit 
And I think they like going out and making snow angels before the game, like we've seen before. But I don't know. Sometimes you get the balls a little stickier. Yeah. When you got that, but uh, it's funny because a lot of quarterbacks, you'll look at the weather and you'll think, okay, it's pouring down rain. They're gonna have horrible games, and all of a sudden the quarterback throws over three hundred yards. It's weird, but for some reason he just likes the snow. I have no idea why, but I think it's stickier football. So, uh, so we'll, we'll kind of end things here quickly. Uh, college football: KU hosting Oklahoma. It's sold out. Oklahoma nine and a half point favorites, and then K State hosting Houston. Both games at eleven. K State hosting Houston, seventeen and a half point favorites. What do you like in those two games this week, and for the local schools as Missouri's on an idol? Yeah, you know what? I like Kansas to cover. You know, in previous years, Kansas would only stand up and beat one of these teams. Uh, it would come out of the blue. I mean, they might win one game all year, two games all year, and they just magically beat the Oklahoma Sooners. Or I remember the year uh, Bench Young in Texas won a national title. It took a fourth and 16 against KU in Lawrence. And for Mangino to go, what, big 12 officials, baby, or whatever he said at that point. But I like Kansas to cover, even though it's a fourth straight start of Jason Bean. He actually put up good numbers against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, oh, excuse me, Oklahoma struggled last week against UCF. UCF had the number one, has the number one offense in the Big 12. UCF was beaten by KU 51 to 22. No problems with them whatsoever. Oklahoma struggled. Uh, to beat them. I don't know if it's a hangover playing Texas or not, but I do see Kansas covering in this game. Just a, It's just a different football team we're seeing at this point. And K-State, you know, I like them to cover those points. I mean, they, they just destroyed TCU. I mean, Kansas State, they, they seem to have figured out this two-quarterback system because a lot yeah. of times they say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Well, they've got two really good ones, and they have remarkable attitudes. Um, that, you know, they hang out. They're, they're, you know, they're guys together. Will Howard's right there every time Avery scores. And, you know, you don't see that in very many places, but that kind of teamwork and team teammates uh, that they have at Kansas State something special. So they have two quarterbacks. Last but not least, give me your percentage on college game day in Athens, Georgia next weekend. Oh, geez, I'd probably <laughs> – the Bama game's strong, though. I know, I know, Bama-LSU, I get it, I get it. But, but here's the thing, the LSU's <laughs> got two losses, but right? you know it's kind of one of those teams that they're playing lights-out craziness. Uh-huh. I don't know, man, but the Georgia-Missouri game I think would carry more cachet because they need, they need a spotlight. And then did, did they do it for the Georgia-Florida game? I couldn't remember if they did. I can't remember. If they've already had Georgia on there or not, but uh, – I'll tell you this, Dust man. There's only five schools the last two years that have had either college game day or big noon kickoff. Only five schools have had both. Mm-hmm. The Jayhawks are one of them. I like that. They have big noon. They have big noon kickoff tomorrow, and of course, Colorado and Texas are a couple of the others. So, um, Big Twelve strong representation there, but noon big noon kickoff in Lawrence. But you know, I don't know. You know, I. Dustin, if you ask me, I'd say 65% chance. I love that. I love that. Binkley, um, before you get off, what's on the beer menu tonight? Then we'll let you get out of here on your Friday night. You know, I'm trying to finish it up the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. I went and bought a crap load of it uh, because I wanted it to carry me through the end of this month. Um, I don't know if we're going to get to Tuesday, but I'm hoping we are. Mm -hmm. I went and got a little bit more today, and then I'm full-on switching to Mother's Winter Grind out of Springfield, which I uh, am waiting for desperately, and the uh, Sam Adams Winterfest. But I still have some Oktoberfest, and I have some Mother's Oktoberfest still to drink, too. So I got Mother's and Sam Adams Oktoberfest I'm chewing on right now. 
We'll get to it, man. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next Friday. We'll hear you on Sunday afternoon, or I guess Sunday evening, uh, for the Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. Jay Beakley, have a great Friday night and enjoy this sort of great fall crispy air. Take care, guys. Later. Jay Binkley joins us there. Good friend of mine on the other side. We went a little long there, but that's okay. On the other side, I feel this is the same story as last time. Just win and stay healthy. You're listening to after hours on 610 sports radio. Back here on after hours, Dusty Lagans with you. 610 sports radio JT with you as well until nine o'clock coming up in about Six or seven minutes, we'll get into this week's Richard of the Week. We'll also uh, dive into the out-of-left field question at 8 o'clock. Remember, Monday when we do this thing on the radio, we have Derek Johnson at 7.30, Andy Reid at 12 with the press conference, Patrick Mahomes at 3.10 on the drive, and then Mitch Holtis, Chiefs play-by-play commentator, on at 4 o'clock on the drive. Um, And then we do our show from 7 to 9 on Monday night uh, as we react, regroup, and uh, get ready. Because next week gets big, man. This is the last preseason game of the season against Denver this week. Then we get to get uh, we get really serious um, after next week. Because then we get Miami. You get a bye week. You get Philadelphia. You also have somewhere sprinkled in there. Buffalo, Cincinnati, another Chargers game, New England, Green Bay, New Eng- all that kind of stuff, man. We're, uh, we're getting in there. Uh, Neil and Lone Jack says he's uh, – Able to get a full bottle down, and he feels pretty good when it comes to wine at tailgates uh, this year. Um, Yeah, I mean, one bottle of wine is probably all you really need. That's like four glasses, four strong glasses. Hey, I got a. Did you watch the game last night, the Thursday night football game? Yeah, I won another parlay on it. Okay. Do you think Chris Godwin was that close to catching the Hail Mary that everyone? says he was close to catching because I didn't I think, think you mean close as in like he could have caught it or close as into the vicinity of the football close that he should have caught it no thank you okay. okay I think that it was easier said than done when put in slow motion but like anything it is something falling from the sky which is gravity which means it's falling faster than people think that it is and it would have been a reaction like a, oh there it is it's the equivalent of like a line drive down the left field side and you can't get your glove out quick enough but you were in that area to where like People think you just could have caught it, but oh. no, I don't think he could. Have. Okay, okay. Uh, I think he could have. I don't think he should have. Right. You would have been more surprised if he caught it than he did. Absolutely. Like, right. Yeah. I would have been more surprised if they called pass interference if he caught it on the tight end that was sandwiched between two players, which I don't understand why we don't have pass interference on Hail Marys. I think they just think the ball is super highly uncatchable, so they don't want to ruin it. Otherwise, the play should have been stopped, or they should have had a. Dead clock play, first and goal from the one. Tampa should have had a chance to win that game. Yeah, not to mention Mike Evans was being held by, like, three dudes in the back. (laughs) He just, like, let it go. I don't understand it. I also didn't know – I didn't know that Moonshine was called this because of this reason, because the bootleggers used to deliver it in their souped-up cars under the cover of night or under the moonshine. Here's where the text line gets confusing – then a different text says Moonshine came to the name because all the bootleggers would go check the stills by Moonlight. So which one is it? I'm even more confused than I was before. Real quick, because I know we got to get to a break here shortly. Um, the message is pretty clear this week. Go to Denver. You don't need to do anything special. Get in there. Get a win. Get out and stay healthy. This might be the big pressure game for Russell Wilson. 
Because if he doesn't win this game, he goes to 0-4 versus the Chiefs. It'd be two seasons in a row where he couldn't get it done, and it's laughable. And not only that, the last time they played, he couldn't even throw the ball. They ran well. Towards the end of the game, he was running checkdowns and holding the ball and running himself. Russell Wilson is a problem for Denver, has been a problem for Denver, and that problem is bigger than what you have to worry about, which is just going in there, winning this game. I don't care if they win this game 3-0. I don't care if they win this game 12-10. I don't care if this is an Iowa versus Minnesota college football game. I really don't. As long as no one gets hurt and you win, that's all that matters. Find a way to get to 7-1, and one, stay healthy, so that you can get the real part of the season going when you go to Germany, play against Miami, get ready for a bye, play Philadelphia. That's the start of your season. Stay 7-1, and one, keep a full lead on that number one seed, control your division, and just avoid injuries. Play your week three preseason game. It ain't got to be pretty. It just has to be a win. Mahomes could throw for 170 yards, one touchdown, 13 of 21. I'm not going to be out here, and I'm not going to bitch about it. I promise you that. There will be no complaints on my side if you win and no one gets hurt. This is After Hours. Come up on the other side. We do the Richer of the Week on 610 Sports Radio. Back in on a Friday night, After Hours. Werewolf edition of After Hours on a Friday night. Kind of like it. Crispiness in the air. Like I said already, going to be a... Going to be a Merlot Friday night. Little little fire pit, little bit of, you know, crispiness in the air, a little red to get your blood flowing. That's how we like to do it. Are you turning your heat on tonight or are you leaving it off? Got to leave it off. Got to leave it off. I told my parents, I was like, do not turn the AC off. I get it. I get it. But you know what's going to happen in a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I like around this time of year? Robes. Big robe guy. I have a big black fleece robe that I just, I mean, you know, because you could just go nude under that thing and no one knows. As long as you got that in-house trench coat, you're good. Um, 913-586, we'll get into the uh, out of left field question here at 8 o'clock. We do this every Friday. We find people that, uh, you know, just don't know what they're doing. They just tend to do things that are in the wrong. Let's get into the Richard of the Week. Say what? Shut up, Richard. Shut up, Richard. Shut up, Richard. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Am I consorting with a known felon? Shut up, Richard. Shut up, Richard. Shut up, Richard. You get it? <laughs> Yes! Oh, Richard, I'm so happy you pulled me. Don't worry, Bob. I'll have a bottle of Pinot Noir before I walk into the Merlot. It's a setup. It's a thing us vino guys do. We'll go We'll go with Lamette Valley, Portland, Oregon, then we'll get into the Merlot. Or by the time I get to the Merlot, I'll probably be calling it Merlot. <clears throat> Bob Fesco. Fesco in the morning. 6 to 10 every Monday through Friday. Don't forget Monday, DJ. Derek Johnson, 7.30. Uh, this Richard of the Week, it comes out of New York City. Surprise. Not Florida. 
This one out of New York City. A New York City police officer lost his left ring finger up to the first knuckle. So for those of you that know what I'm talking about, it's probably what that guy's doing next to you in a Buick or a Cadillac picking his nose. He's got that finger knuckle deep, right? This one on his left ring finger. Um, when a reckless driving suspect bit him, prosecutors said Wednesday, Lenny Rodriguez Cruz is this week's Richard of the Week. A 28-year-old New York man could be sentenced to 25 years in prison for leading police on a wild car chase, crashing into several vehicles and biting a sergeant with, who was trying to put him in a holding cell. Queens District Attorney Melinda Katz said the episode started shortly before midnight on, well, September 20th, the police officer patrolling in the Jamaica section of Queens spotted Rodriguez Cruz driving a car with license plates that weren't registered to the vehicle, Cat said in the news release. The officer tried to pull Rodriguez Cruz over, but he sped off, mounted a sidewalk, and drove through a park, scattering parkgoers, and they ran to safety, is what Katz had said. Rodriguez kept driving, hit four vehicles, including an unmarked police car that was part of a barricade, set up to stop him. The driver of one of the cars that was hit was treated at the hospital for several injuries. When officers finally pulled Rodriguez Cruz out of his car, his breath smelled of alcohol. Surprise. His speech was slurred. Shocker. And there was a cup containing an alcoholic beverage inside the car. You don't say. Uh, officers took Rodriguez Cruz to the local police station where he spit on the sergeant and bit the sergeant's fingers tip off. Rodriguez Cruz was arranged Wednesday this week, which was including assault on a police officer driving under the influence of alcohol and driving without a license while speeding. A phone call to his attorney was not immediately returned. When your attorney gives you the FU button, you know you're in serious trouble. That week or this week, Rodriguez Cruz, Lenny Rodriguez Cruz, LRC, 28-year-old out of New York, Richard of the Week. You got to be kidding me, man. The fact that you are drunk enough to bite somebody's fingertip off. Because I just found this out about the brain. Two, two interesting stats. Your eyes see your nose every second of every day of your life. Your brain chooses to ignore it. The other thing is, is that your teeth are strong enough to bite your fingertips off. Your brain doesn't allow your mouth to do so. Wait, you didn't know that? Did not know that. Wow, okay. You got to be a very, very troubled individual to bite somebody's finger off. Like if you have, if you have the thought process, not only that, but a police officer, like you got to go through the bone with your teeth. I couldn't even chew through a chicken bone. That's what I'm being honest with. I can't imagine. Do you think this is worse than what Mike Tyson did with the ear? I mean, there's no bone in your ear. Yeah, it's just cartilage, cartilage. right? It's just cartilage. Yeah. Ugh. Plus, we knew what Mike Tyson was. Mike Tyson said he would have sex with somebody until he loved him. There are other language barriers I cannot say on the air. But he basically said, I'll blank you till you love me, blank. Direct quote. He also told another person that he would eat their children. I also love that in this Richard of the Week episode, they said that there was alcohol on his breath, slurred 
speech and the alcohol cocktail in the car. What would have been worse is if they were like, yeah, he was completely sober. Just straight up bit Sergeant Mark's finger off. Done. Like the fact that you could do, like you put your own finger in your mouth, right? Sometimes we're a little excited when we eat. Sometimes you've had a few too many pops and you're eating that pizza and that finger gets too close to your teeth when you're eating the crust and you're like, ow, like you barely nicked it. This man bit another man's damn fingertip off. While also putting other people in danger, like swerving through a park, hitting other cars. Good to see the unmarked police officer's car uh, was the one that stopped it. Yeah. El es Ricardo de la Simiena. I guess that's Richard the Weekend in Spanish. I'm good to see that meth has made its way to New York. What's funny is it was alcohol. Now, there could have been a little bit of crystal going on in that man's body. There could have been a little bit of some dust that he put up his nose, but for the most part, they said it was booze. And I'm trying to figure out what kind of booze makes you want to drive, you know, recklessly and also want to bite the fingertip of another human being off. Because I've had some strange alcohol. I've had some pink Whitney's that I didn't know what I was doing. I thought we were about to go meet a bunch of group of girls. They said, you guys want to go get a couple pink Whitney's? I said, sign me up. And I didn't know they were airplane shots that tasted like pink lemonade that absolutely made me black out. I've done American honey. I've had Jaeger bombs. Never once have I wanted to bite the fingertip off of somebody's hand. It's that moonshine. <laughs> Gotta be moonshine. <laughs> Gotta be. I mean, I don't know what you're drinking. He took a whole cherry like you did. <laughs> he, he forgot to bring it back up. He's like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm going to keep it down. Let's we'll see what happens. Next thing he knows, he's in jail cell. He's like, mm-hmm. what did I do? He, I mean, I've had bourbon that's 127 proof. And I've knocked it down with an ice cube down to like 110. Didn't want to bite somebody's fingertip off. That man myself is Richard of the Week. This is After Hours coming up on the other side. I want to get into some audio that some guys said, some guys that I trust, Mitch Holtis, James Palmer, Nate Taylor, all of them had some sort of thought process on what we call the trap game. I don't believe in it. I'll explain why. For JT, I'm Dusty Likens. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio.